On dispensers of pets, going out at the cons, Renaissance fest, watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekkie, eh, sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys of the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here's your host, a man who makes a great job reference, Derek McCaw. Did you get your job? But he talked me up. I said, no one serves fries like Lon Lopez. This is true. This is true. And That's interpretable. By serving fries. No, no, no. But no, I mean... What? You've served fries? No, I have not. No. Oh, you lied. What? Shh, what? Shh. No, it's okay. I really need this fry cook job. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games 2725 El Camino Real Suite 105, according to the last press release, in Santa Clara, California. But it says 104 on the door. I know. Shh. Oh, okay. But you know, <laughs> it's it's another factor in fifty two. It, it's very confusing. <laughs> yes, I think one hundred and five was the original footprint, the door next door. Right which is now, right, right. now uh, it's blocked by a couch. Right, but one hundred and five is still technically the suite that they first had, uh, and then they added yeah. one hundred and four to it. It's kind of like the Pee Wee's Playhouse door. That's where. So if you're looking for it, you can lean in. You have to go to. You, can, you have to go to one hundred and four. If you you're can, looking for it and you can't find it, and you're at one hundred and five, go to the left. Go left. <laughs> Uh, or just knock on 105 and wait till somebody comes out of 104 and let you in. Well, it's probably yeah. open. There's just a couch blocking. Yes, yeah. so you roll over on the couch. On a hot day like this, the door is open. You see that. Yeah. Or so. you can just crawl over the couch. Or We've you can open that. your eyes. <laughs> well, really, if you've gotten this or, far, you probably noticed where where you where you are. You're right. You're but right. you also read comics as a pastime. We are. So uh, you are awkward. Do not. Oh, what? The smirch <gasps> our listenership. I. They. What? Who is he? I don't know. <laughs> you're going to tell me you're gonna he tell was going to be in San Francisco tonight. This is true. Because we're podcasting on a, on a different night, which probably shouldn't affect your listening enjoyment. But we are here on Thursday, September 15th. 15th. And this, this is going to get posted by Friday. So, oh. Yeah. Really? Oh, super. Maybe even tonight. Oh, I don't oh. know. Because who you, sir. Because of me? Have to be on your best behavior. I have. To. Oh. oh, yes. If he's going to podcast, if he's going to post tonight, minimal so edits, please. We're, we're podcasting tonight on a Thursday anything, because tonight was uh, there was a little bit of a scheduling uh, change. And uh, Mick Gray, the inker on Batman and Robin number one, which came out yesterday as part of the new Fifty Two relaunch, is here signing tonight until eight o'clock, and then hopefully he's going to come in and join us at the table, and we'll do a little interview w- uh, with Mick about the new Fifty Two, his part in it. And uh, maybe so, we'll get some hot, juicy gossip. So we have or to say not. all the we have to say all the bad things about it first right. before he comes over. Right. Okay. So, good. But before we do that, we have. Did, can, can I interject for a second? Did you listen to last week's podcast? Are you going to talk about the ending? <laughs> what <laughs> happened in the ending? Just curious. Uh, Rick put in his own little uh, mix song. Um, I don't Rick, know what to Rick call sang? it. I auto tuned. Rick did a, a little mashup, I guess you would call it, at the end of the show last week. I DJ, sent it, DJ Rick Bre- Rick B. I sent I it to you separately. I guess you didn't get it. Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sorry, it's yours. This is one of those awkward moments. What? No, what it, do you was, mean it's no it was entirely. Uh, what do you mean it's mine? It's very it's short. Your podcast. It's short and sweet. You're the man. 
What? Nothing. Anyways, go ahead. You didn't like it. He didn't introduce us, by he the way. He didn't like it. I haven't gone there yet. We I were talking so about hard. Well, you were going to go to the mail first. I'll go to the mail to my left, to my right. <laughs> I get it, because I'm a male. Uh, this Some is would say. Lon Homo Sapien Lopez. That's right. And across, we've got, uh, uh, you know, you're here often enough. We won't say guest commentator. Almost a regular. He's a contributor. This is Nate, almost regular Costa, oh. editor-in-chief. A more fiber. <laughs> <laughs> editor-in-chief of... Uh, your eBay store. Of your my eBay, eBay store. store. <laughs> <laughs> Where you can buy my Air Jordans, Shoe Pimp Nate Dizzle. What are you going to do when you actually sell all those? Because buy more. Are you going to buy more? No. He's a shoe pimp. I'm not selling all of them. I'm selling a select few. And what happens when you sell them? Is your reason for living gone? Absolutely not. Okay. Are you going to sell those uh, Back to the Future shoes? I did not buy those Back to the Future oh. shoes, and I will not be Do selling Do you see what them. they're going for? Uh, yeah, a couple grand, right? Yeah, like thirty? Yeah. Well, thirty already. Was the first day. Now they're only going for two or three. Oh, okay. People that jumped on real quick were like, oh, "I bet they feel stupid." But the money was going to charity. Charity, it's true. The Michael yeah. J. Fox Foundation. Good, okay, good and cause. Uh, and so across Moral Compass podcast producer Rick Brett Snyder. There we go. Happy birthday, Rick! Oh, Thanks. that's right. right. It is Rick's birthday. It is my birthday. It's Rick's birthday. And in the reboot, you said you're 25 now. I had 22. This is the special birthday Rick I can podcast. drink now. Oh, I can drink right fantastic. now. <laughs> well, we all could for different reasons. Somebody needs to come in and buy, bring, bring by Rick some oh beers. Oh, my gosh. We need to go someplace that serves Ron's alcohol already tonight. drunk. <laughs> Great. Uh, so we got some fanny mail. Uh, fanny mail. It's not uncanny, but we got fanny mail. You're welcome. Who do you think? I can auto tune that now. Oh, great! What? Who do you think is that from? It's got to be from our loyal listener, Bill Bosser. It is. Okay. It is. He's the only one who writes. Yeah, I know. More of you can write. Write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I talk to I talk to people who listen to the podcast all the time, and I keep on saying. Oh, that's because you're talking to them. Are you actually talking to them? Different people. Are you actually encountering the three of us? (laughs) No, no, no. Lots of other people. And I encourage them. They they say, hey, you know, and I say, right? Right, because they satisfy that urge to talk about it by talking to you. Really, actually, I had this experience Mm -hmm. uh, last week. A former student of mine who's down in L.A. uh, uh, She's working this week on the Emmys, actually. Can Um, she give me a job? Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> she bought my shoes. Uh, but she said she was in line for a show at the Upright Citizen Brigade, and she was talking to somebody who then mentioned that he uh, was a reader and listener of Fanboy Planet. Sean Becker. And she got to say, uh, <laughs> Probably. she said, Mr. McCall was my was my drama teacher. Oh, nice. So it was, uh, anyway. Uh, That's one. Yeah. <laughs> so he writes, guys. That's it. Hope all is well. Saw the attached. Oh, he sent an article from Rumorg magazine. Yes. Uh, about uh, the man thing. He always thought man thing was a ripoff of swamp thing. Wrong again. Uh, and the article in Rumorg was actually a little uh, poorly sourced there. That actually the creators of man thing and swamp thing uh, were roommates at the time, and they both came up with the idea almost simultaneously on a vacation to the Everglades. Oddly enough, no. Oh, but okay. we're counting we're counting the first appearance of Swamp Thing in, in House, House of Secrets. Mid- Secrets, right? yeah. um, Oh, here comes Steve. Uh, so, uh, anyway, do you know of any Man Thing collections or trades that might exist of the original run? Sounds like something I might like. Yes, in fact. Does that not include Giant Size Man Thing? It does indeed. Is that over here on this one? There are two copies here at uh, Elusive Comics and Games. 
of the Essential Man Thing. Nothing in color that I've seen, but there is the Essential Man Thing volume volume one and two. <gasps> There's a volume two. Now I have to get that. Okay, I didn't realize there were two volumes. Yes, those are nice covers. They cover the uh, the uh, original run of. That's a lot of Man Thing. That is, is that a lot of. Man does Man Thing talk? Nope. No, he does not. So how do you fill that many pages of Man Thing? Man you thing have characters. Well, you introduce a talking duck with a cigar. Oh, okay. That's where uh, Howard came The funny thing is most of the Man-Thing stories were about people who were just in the vicinity of Man-Thing. And then then he rushes in and they get scared and he burns them because whatever knows fear fear burns burns the Man-Thing's touch. touch. But if you're the Man-Thing and you're this big scary swamp creature, everybody's going to burn at your touch. No, not always. Well, maybe like a blind person. Aren't afraid of him I think, as we know from from Fear itself, from the Fearsome Four miniseries, that Howard is not afraid. Mm-hmm. Well, Howard ain't afraid of no, no man. I'm not reading that. No, man. I know it would only upset you. Uh, so Have you been you reading the Thunderbolts? Are yeah. we diverging from Bill's mail? Uh, well, no, we're getting we're back still, to it. We're still answering his question about Man Thing, which okay. is uh, that sounds he says sounds like something I might like. Yes, the original run of Man Thing is really good, and you can get them in essential editions, about twenty bucks a piece. And that's like uh, 600 pages of comics. There's some slightly dated political commentary in there, but it's, uh, Steve Gerber was writing most of that run, of course. That is it essentially is. just like horror comics, basically? Yes, okay. yes, they were part of the horror line, and he's considered one of when they've occasionally t- tried to team them up. The, the Legion of Monsters. First time Val Mayrick was doing art in Marvel. Comics? I don't know if he was the first, but. He, but it's early, time, but it was, it's early. It's early. His stuff is really nice. And so then he asks, and this goes into our first topic of the evening: uh, enjoying your coverage of the DC reboot. The only DC title I might purchase would be The Flash. How well has he survived the reboot so far? We don't know. We don't know because that comes out next week, doesn't it? It hasn't come out yet. He hasn't appeared in once any again. Other book. Once again, my comedic theory about the Flash is right. He's Why? Always last. He's always last. Fastest man alive, and he shows up the third week. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna of the DC reboot. I'm gonna lodge a complaint right now that they've they've not planned or timed the releases right because, despite claiming there isn't a continuity interconnected, you need to read more than one book. Yes, it did. Stormwatch came out last week, and they said following the tumultuous events of Superman number one, which comes out at the end of the month, Stormwatch number one events take place. Oh, DC, you're at it again. I've got the list in front of me, and he actually doesn't come out next week. He He comes comes out the last last week. week. So So he is actually last. So we don't know. We can't tell you anything. And so far, he hasn't appeared in any other books, even though he's on the cover cover of Justice Justice League number one. What's the point of being the fastest man alive if you're always coming in last? I, well, that was a joke that I appreciated in Comic Book the Movie, and I think they actually edited uh, no, it. Uh, no, that was that in Crackpot Comics. Crackpot Comics, Derek, and uh, which you were also ago, in. I, I don't, I don't recall that film. Uh, but Comic Book the Movie, which I worked on eight years ago, they had uh, the Flash showed up was the end of the. But people only running. you would know that because you said I'm the only one who saw it. I don't yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember if they did or not. Wow. Um, but I know I saw it once. You're thinking um, of Crackpot Comics. Streaming. No, I'm not. I'm always thinking of Crackpot Comics. I'm saying, God, let, don't let me die with that being the only thing on my credit list. You're going to be in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> sure, when that happens, I'll be there. Um, okay. So, anyway, that, that's that. So, it takes us right into the 52. This week's 52, but Lon read some of last week's, so we can catch up. I think we're a Real little, fast. We're a little more in, informed. I need you to explain the end of Bat uh, Detective to me. 
Okay, yes. So we can say spoiler alert here because it came out last week, right? Yes. Yeah, sure. Everybody here's read it, Detective? No, but feel free to spoil. Oh, okay. We do. Why in the blue moon would Joker cut off his face? We don't know. And we're not even sure that's his face. And therein lies the mystery. No, I'm telling you. the Joker? No, I'm sure it's the Joker. And because this week in Suicide Squad... Harley Quinn makes some reference to it of having happened. Hmm. So, uh, so that's in line. So yeah, so that so that part is in line. Except that the theory was from the way that's written, it's like Batman hasn't encountered Joker very many times in Detective mm. Number One because mm-hmm. he says like, "Does the Joker always get naked before killing someone?" Like like he doesn't know his mo very well. Yeah, but there was I forget because it's not fresh in my memory. But like, was weird because like. The whole thing was weird. I thought it was really beautifully drawn. Well, it was Jim Lee, right? Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, Tony Daniel. Or Tony S. Daniel. Oh, okay. Okay, the guy used to do the 10th for Image uh, Comics. Recall. He also did Batman. Uh, for a long time, yes. For, yeah. But I say, a while back, what made Tony, that was his creator-owned series for Image that was a big deal. My brother-in-law just loves, loves the 10th. So, but it was, I mean, it was okay. Um, I, like I said, it's not fresh in my memory, but I, I seem to remember, what was it like? Batman wasn't really oh gosh I'm, I should go pick it up but like he wasn't really going after the Joker he was going after these other people that were going after the Joker or something right right, right. because there's more killings being done in the Joker's name and there's a were they doing the it in the Joker's name or they were well as because of the Joker and there's some implication that these guys are kind of like wannabe Jokers as well yeah I, I just so I, I don't know I, I found wanted, the whole thing kind of confusing uh, I, that's that's one that I thought that issue was really good to look at. It was really dark. It's not like, again, I, I don't know what I would want as far as like a Batman book that kids could pick up. That This was not it. Detective was definitely not it. But it was Was there a lot enough. of detecting going on, though? No. I don't remember. No, there really wasn't. And that's kind of what I liked about the original detective stuff was, was more a crime-based kind yeah. of drama. You know, not drama, but, you know, story. But I also think, a new, you know, if, again, and Rick and I were talking about this, uh, Nate was here, too, before the podcast about... We got to take it from the approach of new reader. If they're trying to get the new readers back in, or the or the other thing is the readers that have kind of fallen away. But um, see, that was I guess my biggest problem with all the fifty-two books I read because yep. I tried to read them as a brand Fresh. new reader. Yep. But there were all these references to other things, and I was going, "Wait a minute! This if I'm well, a brand new reader, I wouldn't know these things, and I don't, you know." Like what? So, so what? You found the re- specific. You reference? found the girl. Oh, oh, we're looking for the red-hooded uh, woman. Found her in Suicide Squad. Well done, oh. Nate. Well done. Thank you. Thank uh, you. The yes. red-headed woman. I forgot. The no, red-hooded woman. Red-hooded. What did I say? Red-headed. No, I said hooded. No, you, you said headed. We'll go back I said, to I said it red-headed. Or, I guess that sounds like <laughs> headed, but... <laughs> it does sound like headed. <laughs> but I was saying it When you pronounce quick. an E and an A instead of a two O's. But sometimes you say headed. Headed. No, no, I don't do that. Red-headed. You were going to make a point, though. Red-headed. I think the point you were going to make was that if the stories are supposed to draw in new readers by the all these number ones, why aren't they telling any complete stories? Or, or like new stories. Grab, or grab a new reader. Right. They're all, then, too, they're all too confused or incomplete or referential. Yeah, so that was Detective, which I was indifferent. And then you guys really talked up action. Yeah. Um, and so I read that, and like I said, these aren't fresh in my memory. I should have brushed them, but I read them all last week. Um, I don't quite. I need that one explained to me too. That one, like, 
I just really was. I don't know. I didn't. It didn't really what connect to me at all. I don't. Really you realize it's ten years in the past. Maybe that's what I was trying to so, figure out. So here's or something, again, we'll go over the continuity. There is a current day storyline that most of the books are taking place. I get place that. In. JLA was five years in the past. That was the one where Batman and JL. It's not JL. JL was in, in five years in the past. No that was the one where Batman and Green Lantern met up in the beginning part. Okay, so that's five years in the past. And then you go to action, which is ten years in the past. It's Superman before he's got the suit and before he's actually established The timeline himself. didn't really bother me. Um, I think it was like, uh, gosh, what am I trying to remember? I think the whole thing with Luther really bothered me. Um I just really felt like all these characters coming on, like I felt like Luther being already established. I like I didn't quite. But see, the thing is, for new readers, what they what I think that they're doing is, it's new readers that think they know something about it from some other media. So that Luther is closer to what Smallville. What? No. Well, a little bit to Smallville, but also uh, Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. And Superman, because there's a whole generation of people that watch those cartoons. And don't had never read the comics, but they I are they are establishing him as being the xenophobic uh, anti alien type, which is the Smallville, which is, which is ultimately what yeah. it, what Lex Luthor on Smallville had be, had been. Yeah, and then I can't remember. Does he mean the Lois in it or no? Yeah, Lois is there, but she's just sort of that's still unclear. Like you know, it doesn't seem like the age difference between them and Jimmy is that great. But that makes sense, too, because today I don't think you would have, like, a 16... You don't have copy boys the way you did in 1940. Not with the cuts you've had to newspapers lately. Yeah. And then there was something, like, in the very beginning that really set me off, like... I really felt like it wasn't true to the overall character. But I tried to just get into it as a fresh... Well, that turned out to be accidentally the most controversial book of the week. Because one of the... When he gets hit by the train... The sound effect, uh, well, the, the thing that he utters is GD, and there was uh, a shop called The Comics Conspiracy, I think in Virginia, not the one in Sunnyvale, there's a Comics Conspiracy in Sunnyvale, but but one on the East Coast, where the owner was a, was a considers himself a Christian, and said that the GD was clearly uh, Superman taking the Lord's name in vain, <laughs> and therefore he was going <laughs> to boycott, and they were not going to sell Action Comics oh, number one at his store, way of getting his Grant Morrison. Is uh, you know, and and then Grant Morrison said I, it wasn't taken. It's just a sound effect, mm-hmm. and uh, so the guy then went, okay, I accept the apology. So for one day, it was a fantastic publicity move because for one day, everybody was talking about this store, yeah. and and but most people were going, "Are you kidding, man? It's just a sound effect." Yeah, and uh, so the train can't say G- GD. No, no, no. Superman did as he's hit. He goes. And that's which oh. is how I read it. I Could didn't you go, do that again? There's no real D on the end of that. Oh, okay, I hear it. I hear it now. <laughs> Wait, let me hear. It. Yeah, there you go. No, mine Good. ended with more an L. That was my GLD. Oh, and I heard head in there too. It was weird. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. Headed. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, so that was. So the- I don't know. I, I, I I'm indifferent. Like I'm trying to read this, and but I'm trying to go. Okay, well, how would like a younger kid or reader enjoy this or whatever and I almost because that's kind of the thing I'm trying to look at it from that aspect going oh they're trying to pull in these younger readers so I almost feel like action wouldn't pull in that younger reader because it's still so convoluted and complicated I think you have and to Superman define younger in this case say again I think you really have to define younger in this case when we talk about younger readers 14 15 yeah but I, I okay so I'd say 14 and above I mean they're probably looking for a demographic into the early 20s 
Uh, Maybe. Okay. And, right. and when we talk about younger readers, we typically are talking about the you know trying to get young you know, people who aren't quite reading yet to to start up. I remember a criticism I had of Detective. Okay. It liberally, and I think I'm using that word right, rips off from Frank Miller's Dark Knight. How Do we so? have any copies here that I can peek through? You might be actually using that word right, which is more shocking to me than anything else. Liberally, meaning like it's yes. pulling from it very freely. Yes. Um, if Nate can find a copy. Uh, no, Nate, they're over oh, in the uh, you, rack. You want a, a copy of uh, Detective? Or detective of, of Dark from last week. He wants a copy of last week's Detective, Nate, last not a copy of detective. the trade paperback. Of Thank you, Dark Nathan. Because we do not have to get a Dark Knight Returns off the shelf. We know. Exactly. We've read it It's so ingrained into my brain. Uh-huh. Um, that was a, a major criticism. So I don't know if that was meaning to be in tribute or if it was... Uh, you know, or just a clear, blatant ripoff. Let me see if I can find the actual the part where Batman was fifty panels. Yeah. While you're looking for that, uh, I accidentally stumbled upon a Batman Brave and the Bold episode the other day, where plastic where Batman was injured, so Aquaman and uh, Captain Marvel and Green Arrow. And Plastic Man. And Plastic Man had to be Batman yeah, for I've a day. Yes. Yes. And then Plastic Man goes in front of a mirror and he's like, oh. More, uh, he needs to be more brooding, and he turns into like an older version of Batman. He's like, no, more brooding, and he turns into the Frank Miller, like hunched over. Yeah. Right, that was pretty fun. All right, pretty. so if we look at this panel Great scene, show, that Brave and the Bold. <laughs> this is in the I don't know sixth or seventh page spread. Uh, being chased by like some police. Yeah. First of all, this whole panel right here—that's Dark Knight right there. That's Frank Miller uh, with the cape a, and everything yeah, else. Yeah, so look Batman at this flying out. Look at the yeah. face panel here no, with I, the chin. Right. Yeah, I would say the we, helicopter here. We could totally very, run a swipe file on that. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, but just this this whole page alone was total dark. Oh, and then you know, straight up. Uh, Commissioner Gordon looking just just it's really yeah, so when you say borrowing Frank liberally uh, if I may restate for those not flipping through with the comic with you yes uh, it's not so much the story as actual layouts and, maybe and panel layouts that are above and then if you look at this shots too, and angles um, yeah. this is very dark night here with the panel structure yes. here with the back the, stuff the here four by two uh, yeah in the center of the page yeah um, let me see if I can find any other well ones. Miller typically did that at the tops and bottoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, yeah, that's the, the, the inking we're style. More, we're yep. seeing more the little class dance. So I don't. So I don't know if it was really a. We call oh. that homage. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's homage. I thought I saw yeah. some like a comparison to like the, uh, the, uh, the carnival scene towards the end, but I forget. Oh, well, maybe with the knife and stuff, mm-hmm. because I remember he does stab him a couple of times. But I like that. That was a nice touch. Um, Red headed woman. Oh, I, and is she in this one too? She's in every every She's single in every Interesting. Issue. Even Men of War. And then I guess um, if you look at some of this, it's very reminiscent of Frank Miller's um, Joker in the uh, Sane mm-hmm. Asylum when yeah. he first kind of. Yeah. So I'm just I got like when I was reading it, I was like, wow, am I reading The Dark Knight again? So I thought that was very interesting, but. Overall, I think I liked it. I don't know. I'm still okay. indifferent. Okay. And then the last one, though, um, I read... Oh, no, no, two. And I'm going to agree with you on the Justice League International. Uh, no jokes, no fun. But I think as a team book for the younger viewers... I'm, I'm sorry, readers. readers mm-hmm. eh, they, you know, well, it, was, it, was, it stood... To me, I got it as more of 
We need to do a couple team books. Right. Justice League, Justice last, League International. Last night, Troy uh, Benson was here getting his books, and I came in to get mine, and we chatted a while, and we were talking about that as, as, as kids. We would buy the team books because you know it had more, more bang, bang for, for your, your buck. buck. Yeah, more, more superheroes, yeah. more superheroes, and so yes, you've got you know Booster Gold and Batman, and again characters that are a few characters that are known fairly well from television appearances. I don't like the inclusion of Batman into it though. That just seems so forced. Which I guess it felt forced the first time around too. I which, guess you know so, mm-hmm. um, but it just was. Oh, well, who's going to fly the plane? It was like Batman. You know, it's just like weird. Oh, Nate found the redheaded woman. Red hooded. Red hooded. Now I'm just saying red headed. I know, just to irritate us. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Who Sand is Paper. she? Who is this? Is it Voodoo? No. Voodoo's going to have her own Who book. That's was what it I mean. Derek or Rick that said he, he thought it was the girl from... Uh, the Dragon Booster Tattoo? Gold. Booster Gold, yeah. Yeah. You thought Are it was... I, I, think it, I think it may be the girl who was who appearing... Who can the, mimic people's powers? The last couple of issues of, 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 of that, because she ends up being someone outside of time mm-hmm. by the end of the, mm-hmm. of the Booster Gold series. Ooh. And so that's my theory. Uh, on Bleeding Cool, Rich Johnson was hypothesizing she's the new 52 version of Harbinger. Ooh. But either one, could, you know, that does. Both of those could be true. She does wear a hood like Harbinger does, or did because Harbinger's dead. That's, you know, that's weird though to reboot. In my heart, he still does. Yeah, <laughs> Valiant uh, Harbinger. What? Valiant Harbinger? No, Harbinger from Crisis. Crisis. And then way back when the Jeff Loeb killed in Superman, Batman. Jerk. In the uh, which he also was in the the animated. Uh, movie, the Superman Batman um, was Apocalypse. I don't remember. Because her death had to be important, so she showed up in that. Oh, when the Super, blonde? When Supergirl showed up. Oh, I'm yeah. thinking of Pariah. Pariah. He also wears a hood. He yes. wears a hood, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Did he die too? Uh, yes. Okay. Pariah was killed in the last, uh, in the third to last crisis. Huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> infinite crisis. Pariah ultimate died. crisis. Uh, Real uh, ultimate. Crisis. We can't use ultimate. Kind of no, ultimate no, crisis. no. Marvel's got a lock on ultimate. So the last one I wanted to go into though was uh, Green Arrow. Uh huh. Um, not for me, but I could see the younger readers. I, th- I thought it was a solid book. I just didn't. It didn't catch. Me. It wasn't Oliver Queen. <laughs> it just didn't. no. It wasn't the Oliver Queen we know. No. No. Yeah, but I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely was. And then, like, having his two little sidekick but Like, it all just seemed so convenient. This like, Oliver Queen would fit right into Teen Titans. He's basically Connor Hawk. Yeah. They should have just made a Connor Hawk Green Arrow, but... And had an older, like... Yeah, well, and I think that's a, maybe a problem with their thing is that... It, of this, well, we can't say reboot because not everything is rebooted. They're keeping yeah. things they clearly liked and worked. But the sensation that there is, hasn't been any costumed heroes more than 10 years before so you can't really have you know Oliver Queen's got to be it and the reason that is because of Smallville that that was very close to the way Oliver Queen looks and acts in the TV show Smallville sure. so yep. a lot of people know does that does he wear a sleeveless hoodie and a voice yes. modulator yes yes a voice modulator and sunglasses they didn't say Smallville it. they didn't like say it. yeah I don't think I think he was just talking like that that was a weird way of no he did he had some kind of voice thing I think they showed mm-hmm. it in I don't a, remember in seeing an episode. one but okay good that, that at least makes me feel better than you just going, going <laughs> talking like Herman Munster. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Green Lantern. I, I mean, honestly, as oh, and then I read Hawk and Dove. Did oh, you? Yes. Did you read Hawk and Dove? Or we just perused look at the that pictures? earlier. <laughs> did you notice that Rob Liefeld drew feet? 
What do you mean he drew? F- oh, he usually draws his, his legs off the ring. Yeah, yeah, he's he had a huge breakthrough in his style. Been studying the amazingly fight. good feet. I don't him. know how I feel about that. <laughs> and one you know either. feet. <laughs> the shoe pimp. I really feel like the hawk and dove dynamic has just turned into just real simple. Hank Hall's got to be angry and violent in every issue, and she's got to be doting and peaceful and trying to calm him down. And but I'm that's, like, that's been the book all along. No, but I really felt and that's like why it, most of the time it didn't have much of a run. Right. But I thought so. when they were doing that last run, they actually got into the character after like Leifeld left, and they kept continuing it. Yeah, they actually got into it a little more, and I felt like the characters were starting to come along. But now they just go back to this same old baloney. But um. What I thought it was just, I thought that was probably the most fun out of all those because it was so simple and comic booky and just whatever. But then the revelation at the end was kind of stupid. I really feel like when they introduce a new character, they don't always have to make them connected to the past characters in some right, way, you know, right. and I hate that. But Yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of that one. This week, uh, you mentioned Green, La- Green Lantern, which pretty much seems to have just picked up exactly where Green Lantern was left leaving off in the old. There's no change at all. It's just really? But I thought Sinestro was a Green Lantern. Right. Well, so the end of, well, the end that, of Green Lantern War, he becomes Sinestro a Green Lantern? Becomes a Green the Lantern. Ring what? Selected, the ring selected him. So in the old continuity, Great. and that carries over to the new continuity. Is that in trade yet? Uh, uh, not no, no not but yet. But it's coming soon. It's coming soon. So um, Only read the trades. You know, so I uh, that was good. I just hadn't ke- kept up with it, so that was a little shocker to me. But it was a decent story, so it's not going to leave any old readers out in the cold. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that it's going to. Well, I guess it'll pick up again if you, if if you've seen if so you watch the movie, you go in. They're definitely setting up this, and then the Red Lanterns book. They're setting up for what the animated series is going to be. When's that come out? Uh, fall month, or? I think. Well, this is fall. We're here. It's oh, yeah. yeah. So it's it's within a month or two. I don't know if you're if you're watching this. I mean, you're you're watching the movie and you go to this book, you're lost. If you if you haven't read it for a while and you come into this book, you're lost. It's not. No, I it's didn't not feel a, lo- I didn't feel lost. No, no, you've 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 been more connected to. Yeah, it, I was to say, what's you're going a Zorlac on. though, you know, so you won't be it, lost. I'm, I'm thinking about it's the reason why they reboot this again. It's like Green Lantern. That's not Green Lantern. It doesn't look anything like the guy in the movie. On the end. but Green Lantern. But the thing is, both Green Lantern and the. The Green Lantern books and the Batman books were already selling. They were happy with that, so they figured they're not losing any readers. Sure. They might gain a few by rebooting as number one, but but that those two. That's why Batman and and, and Green Lantern seem the most untouched by the continuity changes. Superman wasn't selling well. Uh, not as well. Action, really? No, okay. um, no, nobody buys action except for me. Yeah, no, I was buying action as well. Oh, I was buying two of three. Us. Okay, three at this table was long. No, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, oh, so okay. that, that was okay. Um, out of this week, I don't know. Red Lantern? Uh, red uh, Red Lanterns? I don't see a point for Red Lanterns except people like characters that rage. And it's, vomit. That, that, I, I, I put that down and said I will not be buying issue two. And it's like, and it's like um, Deathstroke. A really good comic. That but, a character, but a character that I don't want to... I don't care to read about. It. Yeah, I, Demon I, Knights. Did you read that? I did read Demon Knights. That was more of a setup of what the team is, and I liked the choice of they characters. They introduced a new character every two pages, and I, and I liked the art. Oh, they weren't all, but actually, they weren't new characters. No, I mean they were new. To, I mean they were they new, new to, to this group. So they're establishing see, right. They're here, establishing the you group. You can't have it both ways. Here's the thing: right. everybody's complaining about Justice League number one only introducing three superheroes, and then Demon Knights actually introduces the entire team. Hmm. And so it does what everybody said Justice League should have done, so they're doing it. 
But they kind of did that in Suicide Squad this week, and I liked that. I thought that was a real complete story in in uh, in one book. Yeah, it was. And it, it, you introduced a hell of a lot of characters. But in that. all but all you have to do in Suicide Squad is say, okay, they're all killers. We all know that. We all know they're villains. That's yeah, so we know it, which one. They went through who each one was. I mean, they had like – Yeah, but I'm just saying it's a much easier concept to grasp than they're playing – Paul Cornell is playing with what um, Grant Morrison had established in Seven Soldiers of Victory – that Camelot, we've gone through several cycles of history. Camelot's existed many times. Yeah. And so, like, the Shining Knight version here that may not, that is not the Shining Knight version that was the Sir Justin for many decades is the one from the Seven Soldiers in Grant Morrison's, but that was also a different iteration of Camelot. You know, it, so for myself, knowing all the different convoluted continuities that could have gone into this, right? that Paul Cornell made it somewhat coherent and still nodded to all those different concepts that were much bigger, I thought it was impressive. Same thing with Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. I thought it was just, okay, if you're picking up that book, it's not because you want anything other than a, than a crazy horror right. book with a lot of monsters. Right. My only problem with it was that it already contradicted. They did a three-issue miniseries in the Flashpoint universe, carefully introducing all these same characters and all right. their origins, and now they all have different origins. And now it's all pointless. They all have different origins. That's what happens when you play with the time stream. I know, mm. but it was like, why did you bother then making me buy those three? Because they hadn't existed as a team before. They so want your money. What? Are we done talking about okay. the DC, or can I talk about Marvel? But we, we can talk about. I, or well, we want to finish there's up. A couple, there's a couple things with this. First of all, the end of Suicide Squad controversy this week. Amanda Waller makes an appearance, and she's a hot thin black woman instead of the wall that she has always kind of like Angela Bassett in the movie younger much younger and no Angela, Angela Bassett, Bassett is still hot yes okay well, wasn't they introduced the good wa- point this Waller in uh, Smallville was Pam Greer was Pam Greer she was yeah. less hot husky, but, but, still but still, still husky, Pam Greer but, husky, still but doable I yeah okay I wasn't judging that she looked like a man she looked more like Amanda Waller oh Amanda uh, Waller that. I thought no. you said she looked like a man. No, she looked like Amanda Waller. Amanda. Who is, whose nickname is The Wall. Because so, her last name is Waller. Right, but she's also a big woman who can't get past her. I get it. Yes. So I'm saying now she's thin, one panel shows Maybe up. Maybe because this version, she puts up walls. Because she's icy. And she's waiting for you to break through. I'm just her. saying, that's her new nickname. Because I think right now, pretty much only fictional women is you should be making your, making your play for. Start writing letters. Wait, you can get fictional women? You can, you can. Awesome. Yes. So glad to see your panel. (laughs) (laughs) So that's controversial. Some people are upset. Betty Rubble, look out. But it's interesting because I kind of think they they hid that away because they knew the whole Batgirl walking thing was controversial. You make a a big, beautiful black woman into a hot, thin supermodel. Yeah. That's controversial. Who's going to play her in the movie? Monique? Well, Angela Bassett already played her. You're right. But no, and no one's sure was that an attempt to the make girl a, from Precious. They were trying to make sure was Amanda Waller going to be house. like in all the Martin other Lawrence. Movies? Oh, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> great choice. Yeah, Martin great Lawrence choice. as Amanda Waller. And then in Legion Lost number one, they already es- they established their escape hatch from from uh, from the New Fifty Two because the Legion comes back through time and they have to get past the Flashpoint Break Wall. It's almost it's all, it, they almost call it an escape hatch. Yeah, I mean, like, you might as well have just said, just in case this doesn't work, we're going to re-revert if we can only... I have the deus ex machina machine can, here. If we can shatter the flashpoint break wall. So even though now they're in a continuity that doesn't have flashpoint, they have flashpoint. 
and only the guys from the future know about it. Right. And so uh, Rick complained about that one. Did not uh, like Didn't that like part. the Legion lost. It was somewhat uh, convoluted. Everything that people accused the Legion of superheroes of being is still there. Yeah. Um, Nick needs to go home. Okay. So. Can he come in? Yep. Well, wait, you guys. Okay. We're, we're waiting for him. We're waiting for him. This is awkward. Well, it's been an awkward evening. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the table from DC Comics, Batman yeah. and Robin. We're here to present Mick Gray, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Why am I the only one clapping? <laughs> because, Jerks. Because Rick's going to um, edit in the sound effect of, of huge... I'll have his fanfare. I'll have his WWF theme music as he runs to the table. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for <laughs> being half. So dynamic. Yes. Uh, so, I'm going to rip out, whip out my Batman and Robin. Yes, whip it out. You got your sign. and that's a comic book. I know. Yes, okay. number one. Uh, so here we are. Yeah, is your part of the new Fifty Two Initiative? How's it feel? It's probably the most exciting time of my twenty years in this business. I. I just, I'm in just heaven, really. I mean, number one, the co- characters that I loved when I was 10 years old, I'm sitting here working on every day, getting chills up my back, going, oh my God, this is just so cool. Number two, the other night, somebody posted on Facebook, oh, have you ever seen the uh, the Batman and Robin serial from, you know, the old, you know, yeah. in the 40s? And I went, yeah, I've seen that before. And so I started watching it again on YouTube. And I just it just kind of slapped me in the face. And I went, my God. You know, here I am. I'm, I'm in this legacy now. You know, this stuff that started in 39. You know, these same, in, as I was watching those, those trailers, I mean, the serials, it's like Alfred, Robin, and Batman. And what, what, that's my cast. What know? the folks at home can't see right now is that Mick is adorned I in a nice Batman soft shirt gray on. Batman uh, T-shirt with the classic yeah, logo right. on it. Your, cla- your golden age Batman You, you, you do look like you could be out of that serial <laughs> right now. <laughs> Yeah, this is the, the yeah the stuff in the cereal is like it's not even tights. It's just these yeah. like, bad <laughs> costumes funny. and everything. Oh, it is hilarious! But as I sat there, it just sh- it just hit me in the face, going, "Gosh, this whole thing, you know, started in '39, and here I am in 2011, and it's going strong still. You know, it's something. I mean, how many things in pop culture can you say? You know, there's like a handful that yeah. go on forever like that. Yeah, and it's just great. And and I'm working with. You know, writer Peter Tomasi, amazing, amazing writer, um, and I'm and and I'm re- working with a writer and a penciler who know each other really good. Have worked mm-hmm. for you know twenty issues of Green Lantern Corps and Brightest Day stuff and all sorts of different things together. And it's interesting to watch two guys work together like that. You know, th- there's always different types of scripts and the way our artist interprets scripts. Um, and in the case of these two guys, Peter kind of throws. A kind of a concept at him it says this is what's happening sorta and then Patrick manipulates it and, and does what he wants and it works for Peter pretty much all the time these guys are, are connected in mm-hmm. a way and that's there's nothing more that you can ask about a team is having that connection of so you're not going so the writer's going uh, 
that's kind of what I was looking for. No, there's none of that at all. It's yeah. All right. Well, let's do. You have give you. So they're kind of like a Captain and Tennille kind of thing, right? They are. They're working together. Okay. Uh, There's nothing like yeah. Hmm. All right. Will keep us together. I I like it. I like it. So let's let you choose your own horn on that. Is you know, and then what are you? You know, what makes you the man to bring that to the mix? What are you adding to it? Well, Besides inks. He, he's kind of like the frosting. nothing else. That's all I add to it. <laughs> um, that, you know, it was an interesting uh, way I came into it. Um, like I say, these guys have been working together for quite a long time. Matter of fact, um, uh, uh, my penciler, Patrick Gleason, uh, was working with Peter when Peter was an editor. So yeah, mm-hmm. Peter Tomasi was originally an editor for right. DC Comics. And his first pages Patrick did were with his editor, Peter Tomasi at the time. And so they've been tight. And at some point, I think Patrick was doing some fill-ins on Aquaman maybe six, eight years ago. I was brought on to do some some fill-in, pen, uh, fill-in inks and got to work with them a little bit there. And then on the Brightest Day stuff, I did some fill-ins there. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of a click in both of their heads saying when I did the fill-ins of the latest Brightest Day stuff, they went, hey, if we're going to do this, you know, maybe mix, mix the guy we should bring on over to do it with us. And so, the you know, Peter called me, and I've never been called by a writer ever in my 20 years to ask me for a, to do a gig. That's never happened. That's awesome. You know, which is like, wow, that's very nice. And, and, and you, I've you, known, you've inked some amazing books. Yeah, and I've worked with Peter for a long time, too. When Peter was an, was an editor, he edited me and J.H. Williams on uh, – uh, a flash annual, some other stuff that we worked on too. Matter of fact, Peter wrote a flash annual back when he was an uh, editor. At that time, he was he took uh, one of his scripts that he had and manipulated it into a uh, a flash annual, and that was a great book. And like I say, I've, I've known him forever, and just to get that phone call from him saying we're going over here to this big book, do you want to come with us? I mean, it wasn't. I didn't even really have to think about it. Uh, at the point, at that point, I had just taken on a new gig, um, and had I was probably either three quarters of the way through um, uh, Outsiders with mm-hmm. uh, Keith Giffen and Dan Dan Didio, and I went, I want to do this, but I just took on this other gig, hmm. and so I immediately called Dan up and I said. What do I do here? I'm, you just gave me this out of the blue. You gave me this great gig, you know, doing this kind of Kirby style, you know, Keith Giffen stuff, which I was in heaven with. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I got to bow out of it, you know. And he was like, you know, <laughs> I totally understand that. With look at look at our sales on this book, number one, I was about <laughs> ten thousand a, a month, something like that. It wasn't going to last, you know. And so I called Keith up, and he was totally understanding and said geez you know that's not a book you want to pass up we can work together again someday you know so i thought that's that was cool. very oh, nice of him. yeah yeah because yeah. he liked what i was doing and i enjoyed working over him on that too so so that was uh i just went i'm there you know you got me and uh i hope it's gonna last a year that's what i'm hoping for i'm hoping for a your, year run. your your run on it yeah yeah if we can do a run of 12 issues um i know this this arc is about seven so I think we are a sure thing as long as we can get them done. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing them. is well, this is under a lot of pressure for a lot of teams. We Big know time. that some have yeah. been removed already. They've yeah. uh, you you told us that uh, off air that uh, 
had to be three issues in the can before yep first the issues first, first issue, yeah. issue could hit right and i saw you a couple of months ago and you said yeah this is a lot of pressure so yeah it is i mean i you know i've done monthly books in the past but this is you know more pressure than anything i've ever done before um but you know when you're working on something this exciting it really you kind of overlook that you kind of it all overshadows that pressure you know i just want to ask you something about that because i'm i've got this open to the first page of uh of batman and robin right now and you did you get the pages in sequence do you do you always get them like no one through, no? no i get them all because patrick's probably the worst at that that <laughs> i've ever worked with where i'll get page one you mean and, least and consistent get, yeah okay, okay. <laughs> he's the worst yeah no he's <laughs> the least consistent these stick figures and get, nick has to fix that i'll get Look page that. one and then i'll get page 19 and 20 so what, was this the first page you got was the beginning because i'm looking i'm looking at page one and i and that to me is you it's got you all over it it's just the dark the fluid it's not good to get the first you know really i always say you want to start you want to warm up inside like four pages in and then go back and do that (laughs) first page really great but but i mean that page did turn out really good. that page is awesome just even from this little guy at the top when i opened it up i looked at that i'm going on that's it's almost Patrick uh, likes this stuff. Patrick I, I, loves to do tiny. tiny I, yeah, this characters. is very cinematic. This is the guy in the distance, and then it's coming up close, and you end up with the Batman character esque thing. So here's a perfect, perfect Patrick on the phone the other day. I got a new page, and he goes, "There's a, there's a, there's a light lamp post, uh, three quarters of an inch tall, in the background of a panel," and he goes, "Now, when you ink that lamp post." Be sure you get the little white highlights, and then on the bottom you notice it's black. And I go, Patrick, you do understand that that's just going to be one line when it gets shot down half size into a comic book, you know? Because we're doing, we're working this twice up. Sure, sure. And he goes, Yeah, I know, but <laughs> someday so, there'll be an absolute so, edition. So I told, so what I do with my pencils, I go, I will nail that lamp post. Exactly like you want it, Patrick. Exactly. That's what I do for a living. I said thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's the kind of guy he is. Um, he 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 loves stuff like that. This book really. He's a, he's a master also of when he has to move fast. This by me telling you this, you might look at the book different. Um, he's a master at when he has to move fast. Obviously, he's doing a lot of stuff in silhouette and a lot of stuff more graphically than he might normally if he had all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. But he's a master of that. And, and when you look at the book, some guys you might look at the book and go, oh, this guy's blowing through this, doing all the silhouette stuff. I've worked on people like that before where you notice it and it's it's not, it doesn't fit right and it right. just is, it looks awkward. But Patrick can do that and make and make you not think that way you're still reading the book and enjoying it you should never have to read a book and go well this guy sure did that just to get through this or whatever so so i yeah i'm i'm pretty blown away with his his masterful way of uh attacking these pages even though we have to move so fast through it you know and our colors we were just talking on the phone today and i said god when was the last time you looked at a book that you've worked on and been completely happy with the way the colorist handled it, and uh, John has it down. You know, John is nails it exactly the way Patrick wants to see this stuff. So we can't ask for much more. This team is is happening. Um, 
and I just hope they give us the opportunity to continue. You know, I mean, yeah. and you like, all, and this already sold out at DC, right? The, the first issue, first first run, first printing sold out of a hundred thousand copies, and they're into a second printing wow. of, of it. And uh, you know, I don't know. That's big know. numbers. Is that it for for these days? Oh my god! Oh, yeah. I think that sold more than the Batman and Robin movie did, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well uh, yeah. that well, Outsiders possibly. with Keith Giffen sold more than the Batman and Robin well, movie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, and there is no relation between the movie and this book because <laughs> we want to get new readers and people <laughs> that might mean, want to. Yeah, this, you know, God, it's crazy to think. But but the promotion gimmick monster that is the new 52 is crazy. I mean, it's a it's a it's a crazy. What can you tell us about gimmick. that? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. What more can I tell you? Actually, it's, I've got. A, I've it's got all a, about selling books. We haven't sold. Think about it. Mar- DC hasn't been in number one place for a decade. Now they'll be in number one sales place for at least a couple of months. How lo- how long can they hold that? I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's kind of They've definitely already narrowed the gap. That yeah, is uh, yeah. by quite a bit. So. so so that's a big thing for them. Number two, starting off at number one, and going digital at the same time. Uh, enables them to uh, to see if they're going to bring back people that are tired of long boxes, if they're going to bring back people that just have walked away from comics and just want to read, um, if they're bringing in people, new kids that are just into digital stuff and they don't want real, real mm-hmm. handheld stuff. This is a, a, a total gamble. To see, and I mean, God, are they going to be watching those digital numbers close? I mean, this is just my own opinion. I have no, they don't tell me anything, but I'm assuming they're just going to be watching that stuff like a hawk to see where it's going to go over the next year. Now, as an artist, how do you feel about, and I don't know if you can say or not, but how do you feel that your the artwork uh, translates or transfers to the digital kind of format? I mean, is I think it looks great. I mean, I. <laughs> I am a bad person to ask about it because, I mean, some people read this stuff on their phone. Mm-hmm. Mm, so it's really small. I mean, how Or an iPad, do maybe. That? Yeah, I mean, I, even an iPad's small, you know. But I looked at this issue on the computer last night. My, my wife has a Nook, and I can't put it on my Nook because mm-hmm. those stupid people That's haven't made Facebook, a, Yeah, those stupid people haven't made an app. Or haven't connected with DC or something. Right. Yeah. Oh, Kindle doesn't either. But the, there's speculation that it will happen. I mean, it's in ridiculous. These they should have been on this a long time ago yeah. and got yeah. it nailed because there's a potential for them making good bucks off of it. Anyways, I looked at it on the computer. It looked way cool. Colors were beautiful. It was readable. It was nice. You know, took up the screen. You got to fill your screen up and read does, it. Does the art, and as an artist, maybe you can give us your perspective on it, but, like, does the art pop the same way on the page that it does on the screen? I mean, in your yeah, opinion? or I think so. I think okay. it looked very, it looked, it looked, maybe looked brighter. You know, hmm. it's a different, you know, think about the way ink has to sink into paper. You know, it's going to depend on the monitor because yeah. when, when you're in a monitor world, everyone's going to be different. It's what's the saturation in the blacks, mm. and that's going to be a that's a big thing, especially mm. in your book. That's yeah, and be, all computers sort of have different color yeah. settings They're, and everything. And they can so be if you're in an old tube monitor, is it calibrated properly right. versus the versus the flat screen? So I mean, it's there. different, and it can be brighter, and it can be nicer, and it, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, you work. You, your your penciler works in pencils and delivers to you 
uh, photocopy of the pencil. No, it delivers me original. You get the original pencils. And then you work on that in with a brush. Right. Uh, I, I heard you telling somebody. Pens, yeah. And uh, in ink. Mm-hmm. The color, is that yeah, computer I'm the, color? I'm the last guy to touch it now. So uh, Those no, pages are in my hand now. Nobody else gets them. They get okay. scanned. I scan them now. In the last year, this turned over. Mm-hmm. You know, and up until the last year, my pages were stuck back in a FedEx box and sent back to New York City every right. day. Um, so I'm saving the company a little money now. Now I don't stick them back in a FedEx box and send them to New York, scan them on my computer at home, oh, and really? they go directly to the colorist and up to the server at DC, too. So, so you, you have... What kind of scanner do you have? Yeah, just an 11 by 17 scanner. You know, they're 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 down cheap now. Okay. They, at one point, they were a grand a piece, and I couldn't afford them. And now they're down to I have a scanner that's I think cost me 250 bucks or something like that. Okay, cool. And it scans 11 by 17 and high quality and. And DC couldn't kick down for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> they had. Sure, know, he writes it off sure on his taxes. Yeah, it's around. a business. It's expense, a business expense. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then that goes so, to that goes to a computer color, so, colorist. So it's a yeah. I mean. I, I um now that that happens that that help that gives me a little bit more time actually yeah. because instead of going oh my god they're not going to get the page until tomorrow they get it right away I, yeah they get it right away and I might have might need that little extra time to finish it you know so that's handy see Patrick's the one that's in the the, the biggest situation yeah. yeah because the pages I got the last four pages of issue three like I was telling you guys I I was supposed to have issue three done before one came out. I'm four pages behind right now. Got the go from the editor today. He said, go do your signing so you can get these in by Tuesday. That so, was nice. Thank oh, you. Oh, God. <laughs> I, was so, I was so stressing out this morning, and then he told me that, and I was like, oh, man, thank you so much. So now, you know, I can do these. Um, I mean, do you need us to help? I mean, we can all grab a pen or something yeah. and just <laughs> scribble it in. Or, you know. but the, Done. But the pages I got from Patrick today, he was like, I'm sorry about that last page. It's not quite, you know, because he's, he's not filling in all his blacks with pencils. You know, he's not shading everything in right now like he might. Yeah. Um, but this one panel was just, you know, kind of outlines. You know, he goes, when the FedEx guy was at the door, I was, can, can you give me a couple minutes? And the guy's like, I'll go get your air bill. So as he's going to get the air bill to the truck, Patrick is still wow. finishing off this panel. Uh-huh. And he's like, Oh, here you go. Puts it in the box, seals it, and it's off to me. And I, you know, now after you know how many ever you know over you know we've worked through you know two hundred pages together or something like that now. So it's like, okay, I know what you want here. I can handle this. It's not. It wasn't like a really detailed page. It was more some bold stuff, you know, so I could see what he wanted. So I said, I got that. I got that. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll handle it. But like I say, I don't. I'm not a finisher. I'm a guy that takes a guy's nice pencils and makes them look like he wants them, you know. So in the case of Patrick right now, there's a little bit more of that. Of I can't say I'm finishing it because he has it. It's all there. It's just a little – it's kind of when he pencils, he'll pencil light first, and then he'll come back and finish it off tighter and get more detailed and intricate over top the light stuff with darker pencil and that one panel like i was saying is just was kind of light overall but it was all there so when you guys are working analog is any of the instruction on how that is going to work in uh, when it gets digital when it because they have instructions about the size of the panels Mm -hmm. and where they pan to when they go from panel to panel on the computer especially on the smaller devices Mm -hmm. is any of that instruction on the page I haven't from seen and I haven't heard about any of that. Is okay. that more the editor's thing? Well, or is that, they might I'm just be working if, uh, that between the editor and the penciler. Yeah. But 
You know, I mean, we're still making these things for books, you know, so I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out the process because it's got to go in at some point for for the way DC is doing these books. Yeah, I wonder. I don't, yeah, at some but point. But you're not seeing it. Yeah, I haven't heard yeah. of it. Like I say, I'm, I'm not in the loop. Uh-huh. An inker is not in the loop. All, <laughs> all he, all I do is I get these pages, I ink them, and they go off. They really don't give me very much information at all. I'm lucky to get the scripts, you know, because now I don't have lettering. When I get the pages, they're not lettered like the old days. Mm-hmm. When I used to get the pages, they'd be all lettered out, and I'd work around the letter, the word bubbles, you know. So do you make up your own story to go oh, with? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to myself all day long. <laughs> well, Robin, you better get moving. And so when you get the book, it's wow, the first time you've read the story, or do you, yeah, yeah. Well, the immediate when I get my first page, I email the editor and I say, "Send me the script over." So they'll, they'll okay, send so me you an do email get the script. the script, and I can read the script at that time. But the scripts, you know, like I say, the way Pat, uh, Pete, and Pat work together is really bizarre. You know, I'll look at a script. And I'll go, you got this from the script? Where'd you you get this? He he literally dreams up some of the stuff to make it look cool and what he wants. says zoo and you're in a space station. You know, it's basic stuff happening. He keeps to the story and everything, but it's just, you know, he changes it around a lot to make it work, you know, the way he needs it to work, you know. That's, I mean, like I say, that's just so cool that these two guys can work that way together and not piss each other off, you know. It's just they're going, okay, I like it. Let's go with it. Now, how's it like working on a book like Batman and Robin as compared to, say, like, Fluffy Bunnies in the Summertime? Like, I'm guessing, because, I mean, that was your previous bestseller, wasn't it? When I was working on Fluffy Bunnies (laughs) in the Summertime... Well, that what I mean was, is that that was that yeah, was a, was really accepted wasn't that by for the Max five-year-olds. Or, you yeah. know, I, I get my point is though is this is a primarily a night character. It's very dark, and then of course the subject matter is very dark. And so, you got, I mean, do you have a lot of inking to do in these books? You know, I mean, <laughs> do you charge by the gallon of ink. Is what I think <laughs> right. he's getting that <laughs> seriously. I go through FW acrylic. By the jars full. I mean, there's a lot of it on there. There's a lot of ink. And, and I'm an obsessive. I go over all this stuff twice mm. because I don't like my original Brush art to look. Yeah, I don't like it to look all kind of grayish and stuff. I always think, gosh, somebody's going to buy this thing and hang it on their wall or something. I want it to be really dense. Yeah. So I'm, I'm obsessive with it. My wife hates me. She, you know, she helps me do a lot of that <laughs> filling in the blacks. I, she's like, why do you have to go over it again? I go, well, I want it to look really good, you know? Yeah. So... I you know I, I there is there's a lot of blacks on this stuff. It is very very dense stuff, and I but I like that. I mean we've done I've done Batman books over the years with you know J H Williams and Ryan Sook, and I, that's my favorite. I love it. I love it when it's dark and. Well, I mean, I would think it's like an inker's dream, right? I mean, to just have all that to put in, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice when what I really like about good artists is is they can do this stuff and there's always artists always talk about the even amount of black and white on a page but then when you want to change the scene you want to get a different different feel to things and they go to I love that the colorist really handled this well too when they go into the uh, the swimming pool scene and yeah and, I noticed that and right. Patrick actually you know says okay we're going to change the scene we're in a different environment don't even black the borders we'll just Boom, you're in the swimming pool. Yeah. You know, and I mean, that's what you call, you know, an artist who knows what's happening and how to manipulate your mind to be to be changing in a in different scenes. It was a very cool sequence. It was hard, like, what's going Oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that was actually something that when I was just kind of flipping through right now just to get a, a glimpse of the art, 
that stood out because yeah. all of a sudden you're you got this tone that's going like this, and all of a sudden you hit this page, and it's just yeah. so different, you know. So. Yeah, you, do, you know, you don't even have to put a. Uh, a panel that says, meanwhile, meanwhile. in the swimming pool, <laughs> right. you are there. Yeah. You are in the swimming pool now. You know what's happening, and it's, you know, it's just, it's it's cool. And like I say, our colorist nailed that. You know, they, yeah. they knew what to do right there, too. So so it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm working on a book that, God, there must be a million people out there that would love to do what I do. And, and you're doing it. And you're doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I just... Yeah. Uh, like I say, I'm going to be around for as long as they want me to be here doing this, and uh, and then I'll move on, hopefully to something <laughs> else very cool. Fluffy Bunnies, the return. I'm hoping for a, a, you know the revival of Fluffy Bunnies, but I don't think it'll happen. Well, that's a shame. All right. Well, we're big fans. If it does or if it doesn't, we'll still have you back. So thank, uh, you. thank you so much for coming in tonight. Thank Rick. you for having and me and promoting our books and buying our books and. Uh, enjoying the new 52, wherever it's going to go. I have no idea. <laughs> this may, may go up to 53. We'll see. <laughs> I hope I work on the 53rd book. That would be oh, so fun. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, okay. guys. Thanks, Mick Gray, everybody. Mick Gray. on Batman and Robin number one, two, three, through 12 at least, right? Woo-hoo. That's what we're hoping for. We're Woo-hoo. hoping. We're hoping. Okay. <laughs> All right. Are we, we might be getting the hook here, I think. I think we are because we, uh, we're not getting – we should we should take. Are you the shutting hook. us down? I just came back to listen. I'm on. Oh, no, sni- well, it's late though. Uh, so okay, what else we got? Uh, uh, let's just talk some comics this week, and we'll, we have ten com- minutes. Okay, let's do this. Damn it, Lon! All right, so lightning round. I'm going to stick with comics, and we'll and we'll catch up. We'll catch up on movies and TV next week. Um, but I just wanted to say, of course, part of their new Fifty Two thing, and maybe you can explain to me better, Tech Boy, or uh, or somebody more uh, familiar with Twitter, is that DC has bought the words. Thor, Iron Man, X Men, and Spider Man. So if you like, if you trend, I guess if you enter those in for trending to see right. if you can find the t- the tweets on those, the first thing you get is, "Hey, DC's new Fifty Two is That's awesome." Now so, no, it's just Twitter. They yeah. found a way to to monetize the the terms. That's all. Right, but I but I don't like understand buying, how, uh, I don't like, understand how they've done it, and because because they get because that becomes the top ranking over actual references to X Men, Thor. Iron Man. It doesn't really just get it gets predominance on the page. Yes. So yeah, it's That's the same thing as Google buying the words. I Google. didn't understand those either. So yeah. uh, pretty funny. Uh, the Marvel did release a number one this week, at least one, which was the Ultimate Comics Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was one with uh, High Mask Galante or whatever. Right, Miles okay. Morales. Miles Morales. Right. <laughs> Got it. Yes. Uh, I knew it was ethnic. Okay. And uh, Miles Morales uh, does actually appear in the book, so that was that was one. Very different from the vibe and speed of the New Fifty Two things. It's mm. uh, definitely a drawn out, still kind of a written for the trade. Uh, Miles' kind of background appears. Uh, you know, he, he establishes a character pretty well, but he doesn't 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 any, spider out. Never uh, gets into a costume. Doesn't spider out. He demonstrates a power or discovers that he has a power. By the last page. Does he have organic web shooters? We don't know yet. We don't oh. know exactly because the one power that gets demonstrated isn't one that we've seen in a spider character before. Is he a really good upside down kisser? Uh, we've seen that, that before. Has been oh, okay. Done long. Yeah. Miles Morales has done that? No, no, no. no. That's what I meant no. for him. But we've seen that as a spider power. Is what I'm oh, saying. it's yes. a spider power we've never it's seen. That we've never seen before. So Miles exhibits a power Parker to never make him had. different than even Miguel there yes. in the future, Miguel O'Hara yes. in the. 
2009. Spider-Man 2099. So is he like a real spider? Does he shoot webs out his butt? We don't know yet. Oh, okay. I've, that was power. the power not, I was that's guessing. That's not the power. And then Bendis has already made that joke, so we probably wouldn't. I made that him. joke way before Bendis made that joke, but okay, go ahead. In Alias many, many, many years ago. Uh, I made it bef- when the first Tobey Maguire movie came out. I made that joke when I was five. Yeah, okay. Which is wait, How old Lon was when the first Tobey Maguire movie came out? <laughs> So Thank you. I don't think so, Tim. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Uh, there's controversy this week in the world of comic strips. Uh, three major newspapers, including the Chicago Tribune, have uh, banned Doonesbury this week. Not the first time that's happened. No. Yeah, aren't they like the Republic or like the political troublemakers? Doonesbury? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, they actually, are. Actually, they have a lot of integrity when it comes to political. Yes, actually. Yeah, they find the comic strips actually has more integrity than most actual journalists yeah, these days. Yeah. But when I say troublemakers, you right? Know. Well, they got a uh, rabble rousers. Gary Trudeau got uh, an advanced look at the new Sarah Palin book. Oh, I heard about this. <laughs> yes, so you know, so he's been having uh, Roland Headley, the who uh, the longtime character reporter for uh, on Doonesbury that uh, Twitter fiend is now right, is supposedly working for Fox News. How he's ta- how he's massaging some of the revelations of the Sarah Palin book. And making them into uh, positive, into spins. positive spins for Fox News, and uh, so these newspapers felt that this was uh, unsubstantiated journalism, and therefore they wouldn't run it, as opposed to every it's other a story. Comic, yeah, every other story that they made. Yeah, when we're holding the comics up to stricter standards, where were they when uh, the, the Millard, actual news channel? The actual news channel. Well, all the crap from, from Millard Fil- Mill- Mallard Fillmore. Fillmore. Which sometimes is funny. I'm going to give it. Occasionally has been funny. Often lies are funny. Yes. Uh, well, this is true. This is true. And sometimes they're painful, Rick. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> What's that old expression, though? Like comedians what? are the orators of our day or something like that? No, I've or? never heard that. I've never heard <laughs> that. Um, no. Okay, I think I just read I think I just <laughs> made that up. <laughs> Copyrighted it. No, I've heard that before. <laughs> really? It may have been Lon saying it, but <laughs> I have Last it. week at his barbecue, wow. he'd had too many ribs, and he went, Comedians. Maybe it's not orders. Maybe it's... Truth tellers? Mirror society. society? I don't know. Uh, Oracles? And it, Oracles. It Maybe that's what it is. It's been a while since I have uh, done some Archie news, so do you mind? You know, we have it's a, been a while since you got your book signed and you didn't do it. I know. You never asked. That's okay. Asinine. Thanks for breaking the flow. Oh, what about Archie? Archie is in the news because Kevin Keller, the gay teenager, is appearing in Life with Archie, which is the one set in the future. That's where they hook up and get together and uh, move no, in. No, no, no he's, he's, getting, he's getting married to his boyfriend. I have two left after two days. So it sold 123 copies of Batman and Robin number one. I bought Booyah. one of those. I bought one. I bought one. It wasn't the number one seller. JL, no. Action, we sold 143 copies in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Wow. But it's, you know, 123 isn't Not too bad. Too shabby. In fact, yes. Oh, wait. Mick's still here. I can wrap up and still get it. Uh, so, yes, Kevin Keller is getting married to his boyfriend in the future in Life with Archie. And Fox News decried that last night. Got very upset. So really, Fox can't even the fake gay characters be happy? And isn't Glee on Fox? Yes. Okay. And they fired the gay character, didn't they? But it's not Fox News. No, but it's the same overall company. Fair and balanced, and irony free. Wasn't? Didn't Wanda Sykes have a show on Fox for a while? Yes. And they canceled it, right? Right. Oh, Family Guy on Fox. Yes. But they're all straight. 
Yeah, but they make fun of stuff. Yes. So, uh, you know, that's just, there it is. At least Archie's in the news. Uh, Thank wait God. Wait till that Archie meet, Meets Kiss comic comes. Anyway, so for this week, that's going to be all we've got here. If you've got any questions, comments, compliments, or commentary, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. Can I make one recommendation? Sure. I think the best book this week was Dark Horse's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 9, Episode 1. That's my pick Number for the one. week. Yes. Out of all, out of everything else, that book satisfied on They're all of This is what everyone will remember now. Good. So I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief. Can I just throw in one more thing? Yes. The book, my favorite book last week, was uh, the Thunderbolts. Really, yes. with Mister Hyde? With Mister Hyde, and the fact that they opened up this whole thing in the past with like the World War II storyline. I thought that was awesome way to jump sign in. Mine. Mick came back to sign my book. Uh, <laughs> so I could sign this for you. Would you? Yeah. He needs a pen, though. Oh. My daughter's going to get the pen. Grab, okay. grab another one, and I'll buy a second copy this uh, week. They already closed Close the, the register. register. I'm going to put it in my box and buy it next week. Oh, I'm okay. smarter than the average bear. Oh, this is, this says, no, that was it. Yeah, so we've broken the flow. So tell, me, tell us who you are. Oh, uh, this is Lon watching Mick Gray signing Lopez. Yes. And across from me, I am Nate, also watching Mick Gray signing Costa. And of course, Mick is. Mick is watching Mick try to sign and talk at the same time, which is like rubbing your head and patting your stomach. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Derek. Yeah. Just messed up my signature. I have said, I'll take that one then. <laughs> this is Mick Gratt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Goodbye. Joe Cooper. Goodbye. See you guys later. Yes. Thank you for having me. Bye, Mick. Get, get Genevieve on your yes, podcast. And, and, and say goodbye, Genevieve. Say goodnight, Genevieve. Bye. Okay. All right. I think it's the best way to say goodnight. All right. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to buy my your shoes. powers only for gray. Those were good days. Those were good days. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.